Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is September 7th, 2023, and this is episode 68. I'm your co-host Pete, and with me as always is my good friend Howell. Hey, buddy. Hey, Pete. We could be at Pearl Jam right now. <laughs> we could be at Pearl Jam right now. But we'd rather podcast and bring our yeah. listeners great content. So. For those of you, for those of you at home, uh, we the night we are recording, we are recording this September seventh. It is the second night of the Pearl Jam uh, concerts at the United Center in Chicago. Howell and I did attend the first night on the fifth of September, and it was quite a wonderful show. But we skipped we did. this one. Did you have any takeaways from the evening? Um, they're they're still pretty fucking rocking for being all almost sixty years old. So a couple actually, mm-hmm. Matt Cameron, Matt Cameron, the drummer, is over sixty. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, and I think actually Jeff Ament, the bassist, is sixty. But um, they're all still, still put playing on a good good. show. They still put on a great show. They have a lot of energy. So my takeaway is, I hate arena shows. I mean, I <laughs> enjoyed that show, but like. I, I just, I don't know. It's like the sound wasn't, it was kind of like yeah. muffled a little bit at times. It's just the, I, I don't, yeah. I feel like the energy is always a little off from like the crowd. Um, and uh, I mean, it, you know, there was a, it was a great set list. I saw a couple songs that I'd never seen by, by Pearl Jam before mm-hmm. um, uh, after 13 or 14 shows. Um, and uh had you know nice to hang out with you but uh yeah i don't know like it's it's got to be i think i'm just gonna go ahead and forswear arena shows from now on just because i I just don't don't uh they don't do it for me i'm afraid yeah um i mean that did it for me but like you know it's just unless someone gives me a free ticket or i have a box or something or, or like pit but even so i don't know yeah. uh but yeah pete how many shows was that for you do you know uh it, i think it was 36 okay i think it was the 36 show i've seen um it might okay. be more than that i can't remember off the top of my head i think it's right around high th- i'm in the high 30s oh the other thing i took away from that evening was uh it was like eddie's story time he did a lot of lot yeah. of talking. He kept saying that he 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 was doing that to catch his breath. So clearly, he's showing his age a little bit there. Um, if he needs to be doing that, but I mean, I can understand. He they they do put a, a ton of energy into their shows, and I mean, yeah. they're not getting they're not getting any younger. Um, oh. but I enjoyed uh, hearing release as an opener. Got to see Lo, a yes. song called "Low Light," uh, "God's Dice," uh, "Down." Um, they closed with Surrender by Cheap Trick, which was awesome. Um, it was really, I thought it was an awesome show. I even, I actually even enjoyed hearing both Alive and Even Flow again, which I normally I'm like, oh, here we go again with that song. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing, same thing with Better Man, but actually, I really enjoyed it. And they were tight too. They definitely, you could tell they definitely rehearsed a lot um, before this short tour that they're doing because you know I think the other time I saw God's Dice, they they pretty much they didn't butcher it obviously because it's their song but <laughs> it's got some they, weird timings in it. they did screw it they screwed it up and even eddie vetter said that he uh if anybody screwed up that song it would have been him but i i didn't yeah. hear any real mistake and i thought it sounded awesome um 
other cool moments were Chris Chelios bringing out Eddie mm. Vedder's guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, In a Evil Knievel was... costume, which was kind of <laughs> yes. funny. Uh, and per, uh, Eddie Vedder and Chris Chelios are actual friends, from yeah. what I understand. They're buds. Um, and Eddie also telling a story about driving by his grandmother's old house in Evanston mm-hmm. and then how Eddie Vedder just casually hanging out on a Evanston street corner and probably not the best area of town and just be, became friends with the guys that were sitting on the corner in the middle of the day mm-hmm. in Evanston. <laughs> and he put pictures up on the, the big screen of him and these guys. And then, the, Oh, that's right. They were at the show. He, he they, yeah. He invited them to the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a day that must've been for those guys. But yeah. uh yeah, they still entertain. Um, so thank you for allowing me to be your guest for the evening, Peter. You have been like it's at least at least half a dozen times. You've been my you've been my plus one. So if not yeah. more than that, yeah, probably more. Um, we'll just uh, write off the tickets to the podcast expense, right? It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can, we'll we, put we'll put it on the we, politics and bros Amex. Yes. <laughs> It's definitely not the diamond Amex, folks. No, no, it's, this is it's like, made of it's made of cardboard. <laughs> it's it's like it's actually like a debit card. They won't even give us a, a line of credit <laughs> unless we put money in it first. We have to, dep- we have to deposit it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. So I'm glad we're not there tonight. That I was tired the next day on Wednesday. Yeah, but, that was exhausting. Um, we're here tonight, NFL opening night as well. Mm-hmm. I've also got the game going in my other window. So if I scream in the middle of it, I, it's probably because a fantasy player uh, scored or did something well or a bet paid off. Uh, <laughs> so, and I was here. I was about uh, to ask you, like, do you even care about either of those teams? But you just very, uh, very succinctly have, answered the question. I do have Jameer Gibbs, uh, the running back for the Lions. Is this wait? Is this the team that you drafted during the Pearl Jam show? <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> yes, this, he he is on that team. Yeah, Hal yes, got on the so. Hal got on the Wi-Fi, the community Wi-Fi at the United Center, so he could finish drafting his fantasy team. It wasn't while Pearl Jam; it was right before they went on. You finished up, I think. It was. I did. I put it on. I think I put it on uh, auto draft <laughs> really by the time they actually came on. Did um, you pick up a defense and a kicker like you needed to? It it auto drafted some. Oh, it auto drafted it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I actually I don't remember who I got. Um, oh, that's really freaking but, funny. Yeah, so I've got that going, but I'm here tonight to talk about some stuff with you. I know, um, boom, a couple couple weeks ago there was a debate, but you know, um, and I know you had quite a few thoughts on that. Um, we have we have missed quite a few events since our last recording, um, but I think we're going to focus on the 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 debates tonight but yeah you know, let's see what what's what let's think of some things that have happened since we recorded last uh well um Prigozhin was killed oh yeah, um, who, yeah. who could who could have seen that hap- coming in a freak um, exploding think, plane <laughs> i think that never happened, that always happens yeah i think we even predicted that on our when we talked about Prigozhin. i think i think you actually predicted it i think you you're the one that um yeah let's see what else uh Oh, a McConnell had another brain freeze. Yeah, um, we should probably talk about I, a little that as well. I don't know. I don't know how that's shaking out within the GOP caucus. I know Nikki Haley has kind of seized them on that a little bit and has made. Some, yeah. Um, let's see what else was was Trump indicted in 
Uh, yeah, in Fulton, and yeah, in Fulton County, that that's, that's happened in the last two weeks. So yeah. Um. So just to add another indictment there, but the first yeah. uh the first mugshot out of like what five separate fucking oh that's right indictments. It's the, the first time shot. he had to do a mugshot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mugshot that's raised him something like twenty million dollars since it came out. It's insane. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, in in a in a normal universe, you know that would have been the story for for weeks and weeks. But yeah. it seems like at this point it's routine. So we're just going to continue to talk about the debate. I will have to s- start this with the caveat that I did not watch it. My only commentary will be from what I've read afterwards. So as mm-hmm. someone who watched it yourself um and as a uh you know interested conservative um what what stood out to you for the from the evening um a few points uh i think i think this is actually timely too because like some of the i think i brought this up too earlier there's been a couple polls that have come out since kind of talking about the if the primary was held today who would win and it's mm-hmm. all based on that performance. But I think um, for that debate, even though it was two weeks ago, it's not not too it's never too late to revisit it. Um, but well, yeah, it's still shaken out from the, what happened then. So yeah, yeah, it's still and, relevant. And Donald Trump was not on the stage, but I mean, I would argue that he was still probably the biggest winner because he's still leading in all the polls for the primary. Um, but I think Nikki Haley probably performed the best um, out of everybody. Um, Ron DeSantis showed that he might not have any clue what he's doing <laughs> as a as a candidate for president. Um, but he, I think he did didn't do as much damage because he really kept his answers really stock. He didn't really step out on any ledge. He didn't really take any risk, um, and he at times was even quiet, which probably served him really well. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy is fucking batshit um it's what's really i think really funny about him is he says all these he makes all these very trump-like statements where you know he says something in a roundabout way and you know what he's really trying to say but what he's also doing is trying to give himself plausible deniability in case anybody calls him out on it so he can say no no no, that's not what i said go to the tape and he did that all night long Mm -hmm. um and but I, i think at some point even though i know he got a bump obviously from that debate because he was very vocal and he was, he was being antagonistic. He was doing all he would really, he took all the pages out of the Trump playbook um, Mm. and he got a good bump out of it. But at some point he's going to have to really answer for um, his inconsistencies in his statements and what that, what they all really mean. I mean, a famous one from the last couple of weeks is that he, he may or may not be a nine 11 truther and um Mm-hmm. You know, and somehow he somehow he was making a, a connection between 9-11 and January 6th and that where were police, how many police were at one versus the other. It was really this convoluted thing. And when he got called out for being a 9-11 truther, he goes, no, no, that's not what I said. Go back to the tape. Go, you know, read my mm-hmm. whole quote. You know, I was taken out of context when really he wasn't taken out of context, but. You know, it doesn't hurt him. To Wasn't say it that. about like federal agents on planes or something? Yeah, on, yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, uh, how many federal agents were on planes on nine yeah. eleven? Nine eleven was an inside job, and so was January sixth or something like. It was something really freaking weird. Yeah. Um, Doug Burgum, who's the governor of uh, North Dakota, has no business being on the stage. Um, <laughs> he was very earnest, but I don't know what he was doing there. 
I think Mike Pence did a really good job. I mean, he defended himself against, um, you know, all the MAGA guys who basically think he's a traitor and, and, and committed treason on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he kept going to, no, I certify the election because that was my constitutional duty and I would do it again. Um, so kudos to him for that. Did anyone try to attack him for that, that evening? I don't remember a specific attack. Um, I don't remember anything specific. Uh, I didn't hear anything. I was just curious. I gotta go. Said, like, I'd have to go back to the tape, but um, I don't. I don't remember anything specific. Okay. And then uh, I think Chris Christie. Honestly, Chris Christie is a really good candidate. I just don't think he's got a shot. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's you know, I, I, he just didn't break through in a way that would separate him. Actually, I think the polling. He's right where he was before the debate. Uh, he'd mm-hmm. got no bump, no help, and no additional points where pretty much everybody else, with the exception of like Asa Hutchison, Doug Burgum, and um, Tim Scott. No, Tim Scott got a bump. Uh, oh. Pence got a pretty small bump. He only got a couple points. Tim Scott got like five or six. Vivek, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy got like 12 point bump. It was insane. Um, but. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Asa Hutchinson, another one that you're kind of like, why are you here? Doug Burgum, why are you here? I think Tim Scott is, his story is what's keeping him in the race right now. Um, obviously, the most disappointing thing is, you know, when they were at, when everybody was asked, would you support Trump as the nominee? Everybody with the exception of Chris Christie and Nikki Haley was, I wouldn't say enthusiastically, you know, su- would support Trump, but raised their hand that they would. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't wait. catch it. I didn't catch it, but I saw, but I, I was, I, some of they, everybody I says ask about this. Rodden DeSantis yeah. waited to see what everybody else did before he raised his He looked his around hands. according yeah, to yeah. the reports. He looked around been, to see, uh, I must've been looking must at, be, at my phone or something like that. I missed it. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that moment. So it was Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson who did not raise their Oh, hands. Asa. That's right. Asa Hutchinson. That's right. Nikki Haley, Haley was still a little. She did raise her hand, though. Yeah, ultimately. she did. Yeah, she ultimately Which, did. Which to me is completely, uh, completely um, disappointing because, yeah, from what everything I read, other than that, she behaved as a traditional, uh, yeah. normal Republican. She even was blasting Trump, Trump's administration, uh, and Republicans for. The spending, the spending, the yeah, um, yeah, and then she actually, my from what I read, she eviscerated Ramaswamy uh, mm-hmm. on the Ukraine stuff too. Yep, she did. Um, and those were a couple of the more powerful moments of the evening, at least from what I heard. So for her to kind of, she kind of, when she raises her hand and says she would vote for Donald Trump, it kind of undercuts any seriousness in my in my eyes of you know. I, I just can't take someone seriously who after supposedly being a, an adult in the room could then turn around and say, I can support that guy. But um, yeah, I thought I, I was going to ask you about that moment. Um, what do you suppose uh, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, am I saying it correctly? Um, yeah. Ram- what Ramaswamy. Think, what do you think his angle is? I, I I mean everybody. I, I, there's a whole because he's not. He's basically trying to be like Indian Trump or like G, Gen 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 Z Trump. So he's a millennial, isn't he? Well, he's I, yeah, millenn- he's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty eight. So I guess he's millennial, millennial Trump, right? So yeah. like 
he's not attacking Trump. He's defending him. Yeah. He's not differentiating himself at all. He's basically saying everything Trump's done has been great and I'll just continue to do it. So why would anyone vote for him over Trump when Trump's in there? So I just don't get it. Like, is he trying to be a VP? Is he trying to just market himself so that, you know, when he has opportunities after this? I don't know. Would you have any thoughts? I mean, I think he might be part of that weird subgroup of people who's running to be Trump's VP. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and I guess now the Vivek Ramaswamy uh, camp of people. Um but I mean, yeah, other than that, I don't know what he's what he's angling for. Um, if it's not that it's actually to act, I mean, maybe he's hoping that Trump doesn't become, you know, the nominee and maybe he actually has a shot of being president. But I think ultimately he he knows that or he thinks that Trump is going to be the nominee and maybe he wants to put himself in a position to be important to the new Trump administration should it should Trump win reelect or win election. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody else on this list is I mean he's the only one that Trump doesn't, you know, bag on all the time. <laughs> I mean, right. Is Trump he, basically goes after everybody else. Um, I mean, has he been attacking Haley? I want to say yes. Uh, I don't, but I'm not hundred okay. percent sure. I mean, obviously he, he has, has attacked. He has lit. He has literally attacked everyone. with the exception of like Doug Burgum. He has not right. attacked like any, he's attacked everybody. Um, yeah. You know, I know he's he, attacked he thinks, Chris Christie's weight. Yeah, and he thinks Chris Christie's a turncoat because Chris Chris Christie was a big supporter for Trump and right. then became a very fierce critic of him. So, mm-hmm. um, but the interesting, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting that they all um, where they were differentiating themselves, and I think Nikki Haley um, and it might have been Chris Christie was the other one. They were both probably the only two that were uh, in more of the mainstream when it came to abortion rights. Um, everybody mm-hmm. else was like, I'm, I would sign, you know, DeSantis said it, I think Ramaswamy mm-hmm. said it, Tim Scott did, Pence did as well. They would all sign a federal six week abortion ban. Um, and, and Nikki Haley more, you know, more or less was like, come on guys, like that's, you know, that's not going to work as a woman. She brought in the, the women's, you know, the woman's perspective on all that um, while still holding on to the pro-life angle. Um, but, but, you know, she was the only one that was her, talking sense on that. Her her argument was essentially, let's see what we can negotiate uh, with compromise federally yeah. and see what um, is possible. Uh, and, you know, I think that's exactly how you should approach federal legislation. Yeah. What can you get uh, a majority of legislators to support? Um, and, and then of course, Pence says, basically said, came back and said, compromise is, is not leadership. Um, and that they, that (laughs) she would need to lead on abortion, um, or they, he would lead on abortion and get the six week ban passed or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how, um, we get into a polarized situation when it's just like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is my edict and we're going to go and make this, make this law. Um, what, what do you think about Haley? I know you mentioned she's had a bump and she's potentially, she's now polling at second is in the behind I can't put she's pulling above DeSantis or is she just pulling she, second she, behind she has pulled into second behind DeSantis. 
behind DeSantis. Yes. So she's yes. third. So she's third. Behind Trump. Okay. Um where was she before? I think she was kind of down in the middle of the pack, like, you know, fifth or sixth. So she's uh, like separated herself and it's basically Trump, DeSantis, and Haley. And, and other Ramaswamy other is like right there. Ramaswamy's okay. right there with Haley too. I mean, I would say that they're probably both in third in third place if you if you include Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Wall Street Journal did a poll, um, and nearly sixty percent of GOP voters say Trump is their first choice. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, DeSantis, I think, is right around like thirteen. Haley's at eight. Ramaswamy's at five. Um, so it's you know, it's different when it's the other guys. If if Trump's not in it, then DeSantis is you know at thirty five percent. Nikki's at twelve and so on and so forth. So it's, and you know, we'll see how this all shakes out, but it's really funny. Like he, Trump didn't even have to be on the stage and he's still getting 60% of the GOP vote, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how well that's going to hold. Uh, it's only going to get stronger. I think, especially with, you know, I don't think he got much out of the, the Tucker Carlson appearance afterwards. He didn't need to, I think right. everybody has already made up their mind on who the nominee should be or these, you know, the, 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 the primary group of GOP voters have already made up their mind on who the nominee should be. So, well, have you followed this effort by people like Mitt Romney? And I think there might've been another op-ed somewhere that said, um, that the GOP field needs to consolidate against Trump and by, by like January or something. Yeah, and, and then that would be the only way that they're going to have a chance to beat beat him in the in the in the primaries. Yeah, if we're going in, if we're going into Iowa and New Hampshire with this many candidates, it's I mean, it's going to be a walk in the park for Trump. Um, but who are who's going to? I mean, but this group, based on that, especially based on that debate, who's going to who's going to give up their spot? Is you know, realistically, I mean, it's not going to be Ramaswamy. It's not going to be DeSantis no. unless DeSantis. I mean, although DeSantis is bleeding donors, a lot of donors have already pulled their money from him. Um, Did you get a coalition go- of like? Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Oh no, I was just going to say. I mean, like, so they've you know the, a lot of Ron DeSantis's big donors have already gone either back over to Trump or they've or they're mm-hmm. waiting to see who the next person to emerge is going to be. Um, what if there was like a coalition of like, like. Tim Scott drops out. Asa Hutchinson drops out. Um, Doug Burgum drops out. Uh, who else am I thinking of? Um, Chris Christie, maybe. Or Chris Pence, Chris. Pence, maybe. Pence, Pence drops out. And then, like, everyone kind of coalesces behind Haley. Mm-hmm. Could that be? I mean, she'd still probably, if you added all of their, uh, what they're polling at, plus hers, she'd still be trailing Trump and probably yeah. DeSantis and probably but... DeSantis, but she would be closer to DeSantis. I'm trying to do the math right here based on this poll. I don't, I don't know if this is, this poll probably didn't ask the right question to get this answer, but mm-hmm. it looks like she would be at, let me see here. She'd be right. She'd be right around 20%. And that's good. I mean, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. Because Ron, I mean, honestly, unless with Ron DeSantis, he he, unless his wife is next to him, to be honest, he's not very likable. He just that's been his biggest problem right. so far is that he's kind of he's kind of plastic and not really 
you know, his answers are seem very robotic and it's his wife that's got the personality and kind of drags him along almost on some of these appearances that you're seeing, um, on, in, in the media these days. But, um, maybe he should drop out and then I, I, I mean, but, it but might not be I a would, bad idea. I I just, I don't know. I feel like a, there's a lot of DeSantis voters who would then just go right back to Trump mm-hmm. as opposed, as opposed I to think they would too. go to Haley. Yeah. I think they would so, too. Uh, I mean, I, I get what they're saying. I also think if it happens in January, that's probably too late. Like it needs. Yeah, to I think. I think. Soon. Yeah, I think November. It needs to happen by November if something's going to happen. Honestly, if there's going to be some sort of you know consolidation and people endorsing one another, it's got to happen by November so that they have a good month and a half, two month run up to um, the primary season starting. I read something about. Uh, it's kind of a game of chicken right now too, because they don't know what's going to happen with um, Trump and the indictments and, and, yeah. and the try and the trials. So like they're, everyone's like, Oh yeah, it's a good idea for someone to get out, but it's not going to be me because if I hang yeah. on, maybe I, maybe I'll take it, get, get the advantages of when he goes, you know, is convicted of whatever he's convicted of. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's like, yeah, I agree. It's the best thing to do. That person should get out, not me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not very hopeful. And I think I was pretty hopeful that somebody could step up and actually take the mantle away from Trump. But I mean, based on the crowd, so this was held, this debate was held in Milwaukee. Anytime anybody said even something tangentially bad about Trump, they got booed by the crowd. I mean, and it could have been like, you know, Trump doesn't like rice and people would have booed (laughs) because that, they would that person was saying something bad about Trump. I think honestly, very in a very pathetic way, he has the stranglehold on the core portion of the GOP, mm-hmm. and I just don't see how he gets beat in a primary unless he is prevented from running due to being mm-hmm. convicted of something. But obviously, this whole the Georgia, the Fulton County, Georgia indictment, I think that's not going to trial until March or something like that. Um, I don't actually I don't even know that I'm not even 100% no, sure. I the think, date, I think the, um, the, um, January 6th stuff was in March, like right no. before that was the, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, uh, well, some of the Georgia stuff they're starting, um, in October. They, yeah, they, pe- yeah, they petitioned the some of the, yep. They petitioned yeah. for that to start in, uh, in October. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not very hopeful. I mean, I Trump's trying more- to push it, but. Yeah. Well, I think what's more, what's going to be more interesting is what happens on the Joe Biden side of things. Um, well, before before we get to that, I, I did want to ask you as, like, where is the, I maybe it's wishful thinking, but like, could the party leadership, you know, Rana Romney or whatever McDaniel. Yeah. Like, is there a is there a place for them to ever to have done anything here to have shaped this in a way where they you know they could have been rid of Trump? I mean, I guess not, or they would have, but maybe they're just trying to get money off of Trump's uh, momentum and and his his de- de- devotion, but also pursue <laughs> political victories. I don't know. Like, it seems like they've just given up and, uh, and ceded everything to Trump. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're trying. I, I, I have had no conversations with anybody about this um, to bolster what I think, but um, I think where it could be is they're trying to avoid what happened between Hillary and Bernie Sanders in 2016, um, where obviously the scales were tipped in Hillary's favor to be the nominee because uh, they thought she was the strongest over Bernie when that might not have been the case or probably wasn't the case at that point in time. Um, you know, I think. You know, the polling is such, I mean, I'm looking at another, the real clear politics average for Trump for on the GOP, and he's at 54% and everybody mm-hmm. else is just in the dust. So you're going to piss off all your donors there right now. They're all given to Trump and the GOP, but there's a good, there's a good, there's reason to believe that they would stop giving to the GOP and just give to Trump. Um, so I think fundraising will definitely, would definitely take a hit if they're, if it seemed to the general GOP public that they were, that the party was trying to tip the scales in favor of somebody else or away from Trump. I mean, and just game this out with me, say mm-hmm. he was the nominee again and we're fucked. The, <laughs> and the house loses its majority mm-hmm. and, and the um, Senate stays with the Democrats do you think that would like eventually break the, I mean, how many times can they lose in with this guy he hasn't won an election yeah. since 2016? Yeah. And I don't think, and honestly, even, even with, I forget who just put out all, who just put out the, uh, somebody just put out a list of the uh, hypotheticals of Biden versus Trump, Biden versus DeSantis, Biden mm-hmm. versus, and it's, it's all within the margin of error. All of them, mm-hmm, which shows, right. which I don't think, I mean, it can go either way. It can show the, the weakness of Biden, but it can also show the weakness of the other candidates too, given how now apparently over 70% of the country thinks that Joe Biden's too old to be president. Um, so, I mean, it's, I don't see Trump beating Biden if it's a straight up, if it's a rematch, um, even with Biden's senior moments and clearly his the fact that he's slowing down a lot i mean even in the last few weeks it's become totally apparent that he's just not at all quick um quick on his feet but um i just um there's a lot at risk and people don't seem to care about that they don't care that he I don't know. I don't know what people are going to say if, if, if Trump loses again and then, like you said, lose the majority of the House and, and the Senate actually gains more seats for the Democrats and then we're in trifecta government again for the for the Democrats. I just don't know. I mean, is is that the wake-up call? I would have thought, you know, the last right. two cycles would have been the wake-up call. plenty of opportunities, right. Yeah, I mean, it's just, but for some reason, it's still there. And I just don't get it. I don't freaking get it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, it, it defies logic. I mean, honestly, it really does. The loyalty justifies. I mean, I always say, and I think I've said it before in the pod, that I want to go to somebody who's got a Trump 2024 flag and be like, and just knock on the door and say, how did he make your life better from 2017 to 2021? How was your life any better? And they'll, the answer is it wasn't. I know, but they'll say he, he made America stronger. Uh, their jobs were jobs were i know I, i'm just saying what they oh i say, know oh know? i'm with you um, oh, i agree with you but, that's what they would say and, and they, they they have an answer and they believe it yeah. but even though they even if they couldn't point to specifics um and yeah i i 
I don't know. It's it's crazy, and that's what we're yeah. coming to. I mean, it's I, it it would be hard. It's hard to believe that that won't, Biden versus Trump won't be the matchup. It's also hard to believe that it is the matchup, given <laughs> we're a nation of three hundred plus million people, and these are the these are the people. These are the choices we have. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and that like that brings that brings me to the to the Wall Street Journal other poll that they did from August twenty fourth to thirtieth, and that was seventy three percent of voters say they feel Biden is too old to seek to seek a second term. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Trump at forty seven percent of voters think the same thing that Trump's too old, um, but it's only thirty five percent Joe think Joe Biden's mentally up for the job. Um, so it's. You know, that's not a good look. And then I didn't, I have not seen the context, but apparently Kamala Harris has been telling, you know, news outlets that she's ready to serve should, should the opportunity come her way. Um, I don't know if there was more context to that statement, but it's just, that doesn't, that that's not, that should that's have not been helpful. the case from day one, Kamala. That, yeah. I mean, that should be assumed a hundred percent, but the fact that she's saying it out loud is probably not a very good look for the Biden administration. Um you know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know the the context behind why she she said that or alluded to that, but um, you know, regardless, it's still not not something that you want your VP out there saying. Um, uh, and it's clear that other governors, other Democrat governors, or other Democrats are put, trying to get themselves a position to run at a moment's notice if something happens. Either he decide Biden decides not to run, or you know, God forbid, mm-hmm. something you know bad happens to him, you know. You know, Governor Whitmer from Michigan just did a sec, basically a second state of the state, a mid-year state of the state address last week, and it was all announcing her plans to pass all, a lot of you know liberal Democratic uh, ideas and policy uh, goals for the remainder of 2023. I mean, she, there you know, and you know, obviously Gavin Newsom has been trying to make the case for a long time that he's ready to serve at the next level if need, if need be. Um, the only one that's been really staying quiet is J.B. Pritzker. Uh, governor of Illinois. Um, I've heard I've heard more and more rumblings about Polis, friend of the pod, Ryan Mayo's governor, uh-huh. uh, recently, um, as you know, in the stable waiting, mm-hmm. um, and he's done that, quite well in Colorado. Yeah, he has. He's gotten he's got actually gotten a lot done, a lot of his agenda accomplished in Colorado, and um, um when, could be our, could be our first gay president. I know Pete Buttigieg tried oh, at to least, that, but at, at least out uh, openly gay president. Mm. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. Um, so, are you revealing something? Are you are you are you outing an old an ex president on the spot? Uh, <laughs> I'm. I mean, I don't know who it is, but I know there's rumors that there have been presidents. That, yes. Um, that liked dudes. Liked. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything uh, wrong with that. Um, so when's the next debate? I do know we lost the mayor of Miami. He's no longer running. Oh, yeah, he finally. Um, and Will Hurd did not make the debate stage last time. He did not, but he has, been, he has been all over mainstream media doing media appearances. He's hired a new comms director. They are. Um, he's doing his best to get his name out there. Um, he's got his book, uh, to help promote everything, to promote him and, you know, his platform. Um, I don't know if he'll make the debate next debate stage, but, um, 
We'll see. Um, I'm going to look it up when the next, next debate is. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. Give me one second. I know it's coming up soon. Second Republican debate. September 27th. Oh, okay. So three weeks. It's coming so... up, dude. It's at the uh, Reagan uh, in Simi Valley. I think it's actually at the Reagan uh, presidential We should library. do it. We should do a live podcast and play a drinking game while we watch it. And every time they say woke, we drink. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else? Um, what's another one? Uh, well, that we can think of. January 6th. <laughs> every uh, time January... somebody accuses uh, Mike Pence of being a traitor. <laughs> Um, uh, we could, we could, we'd probably be pretty drunk if we, if we did the, the woke thing. Yeah. Um, so we can target that for a next pod. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else you want to say about the. No, I mean, I think, like I said, I think Nikki Haley did the most for her candidacy, but the big question is, does it matter at the end of the day? Um, right. Probably. You know, Who's all, you know, I think now it's about is Donald Trump actually going to show up to the next debate? He hasn't said one way or the other, as far as I know or can tell. Um, Why would he? He doesn't. He, he stands to he, gain nothing. He, he sta- exactly. He doesn't gain anything by getting on the stage. Um, I mean, even, you know, even people, pundits basically calling him a coward or like, you know, it didn't, isn't phasing, isn't changing anything. Um, right. Public opinion, obviously, public opinion, the GOP side has not changed about changed on uh, Donald Trump. But. Yeah, it's such a weird time. <laughs> such a weird time. I mean, honestly, like people people move on from candidates, used to move on from candidates so easily. I think the mm-hmm. only candidate I can think of in recent memory that really had staying power was Ronald Reagan. I mean, he when he first tried to run for president, he obviously didn't make it in 76. And he came back in 80 and, you know, won because and he was pretty much the preferred candidate. He hadn't been governor of California for a while and he wasn't necessarily in the, in the, in the spotlight as much, but like since that, since then every candidate has been disposable after a cycle. I mean, Mitt Romney basically was told to go sit in a corner. Um, John McCain was basically told to go sit in a corner after he ran. And it's like, you know, why, why, why it just boggles my mind that people think that Donald Trump was so wronged and so robbed that he deserves another four years in the white house. I don't get it. Mm, Yeah. I just don't get it. It's a tortured logic train. And, and I think it's often not logic at all. It's often emotions and, you know, fighting the, the left and just, you know, Uh, by the way, uh, James Buchanan is, is believed to have been, uh, (laughs) A gay president. Yeah. Um, so. I always knew it. Yeah. I knew that Jimmy Buchanan. Yeah. So anyway, if you learn one thing tonight, it's, it's that. It's that. Yes. There you go. Um, all right. Anything else you want to. Uh, huh? You said McConnell. Did you want to throw any. No, I just think, I think it's become apparent, uh, as much as I do, you know, I do admire Mitch McConnell. I think it's time for him to step aside. Um, he's 81. He's had two of these episodes in a matter of a month or so. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's only going to get worse. It's only, it will happen again. There are people in the Republican leadership in the Senate who are able and probably willing to take over if he needs it. Um, he can, I mean, I wouldn't, I know that probably the one thing that's keeping him, well, I mean, I would say is that, you know, Andy Beshear is the governor of uh, Kentucky is a Democrat. He would appoint a Democrat mm-hmm. to fill the seat. So, but that doesn't mean McConnell can't, you know, quietly just be a regular voting member of the United States Senate until his term is up. Um, but right. he needs to, he needs to give up the leadership role. Um, and it's unfortunate that it's, it's kind of, it's, it's something that's being forced on him, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I think, uh, having somebody like, uh, John Barrasso from Wyoming or, um, you know, somebody else from, uh, the leadership team come take over would probably be smart. Well, they would lose a master politician tactician. But, they wouldn't uh, lose this. They wouldn't lose the staff as you resources. Said, though. As you that you you made that point. I was going to say that you made that point on a previous episode. Is that there's lots of institutional knowledge there that could, yeah. Could I mean, bring the same. I think McConnell just had a unique uh, personality to so effectively and yeah. emotionally, emotionally, emotionlessly uh, conduct some of these just pure political plays that um, other speakers previously have not done. And so yeah. that would be a previous a, uh, a, leaders yeah, in the Senate, yes. Senate leaders. Sorry. Sorry. Not speakers. Yes. Senate leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be a big loss. So yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think another one that would be really good is, is John Thune. He's the Senator from South Dakota. He's the current minority whip. I think he'd be an awesome majority or uh, Republican leader. Um, but yeah, I mean, McConnell knows, I, I mean, I don't want to short McConnell's like knowledge of Senate procedure and ability to use it for protection of the minority party and at the benefit of the majority too, when he was majority leader, um, he knows all that stuff, but he has staff too, who have been with him for a long time that helps him gain out all this stuff. So I don't think, um, you know, I don't think that would go away necessarily, but he does have his own unique way of doing things that were made it, made it, made him very effective. And that, you know, that might be the intangible thing that a new leader might not have right out of the gate. Right. So yeah, I, I, I get your point. Totally. Well, something to watch. Um, something to watch. All right. Well, um, you want to talk about what you're into before we wrap this up? What am I into these days? Um, Would you like me to go first? You should go first. I had something earlier today, and I forgot it, but you should go first, yeah. You didn't write it down in your detailed podcast notes that you make before before every episode. (laughs) Um, So I have been playing this game called Music League on my phone. Um, It's essentially an app where you can create um a contest with friends where you you have like rounds and each round is a theme mm-hmm. and then say you have 10 people everybody picks two songs within that theme and then uh without knowing who picked each song you vote you get you get you can assign points to the 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 um songs 
and then points are tallied after each round and you know the people with the highest scores get points and you just kind of do it over um several rounds but i'll give you an example of some of the categories we've had and we're on round five this week um but so far we've had we've had uh instrumentals was around oh duets duets was around movie soundtracks songs were around nice were were around and then deep cuts was last week and then this week is 90s songs so um i'm trying to think if i i i i actually uh, and it's fun because you get into debates about do these qualify for so and so um so like for duets i actually used uh, hunger strike nice um which people said that doesn't count because they were a super group um which you know i can i can see their their, their uh, okay that. i guess um uh and so there's you know it's just fun to debate and kind of pick songs and yeah um so so for the 90s this week that was it is picking songs it was like okay do i just pick like my favorite songs from the 90s and let them do that or do i pick songs that make you think of the 90s um, because they're not necessarily the same. Like I can yeah. say like night swimming from REM is one of my favorite songs of the nineties, but does it make you think of the nineties? Probably not. But, but like the songs that are winning this week are like, say it ain't so. And, uh, um, uh, 1979 by smashing pumpkins. Oh yeah, that's and, true. You know? So like, it's fun to do. Anyway, that's what I. I feel saying. like I feel like that could be actually nine. You know, the nineties. It's an easier category for like the first like three or four years of the nineties because it's basically mm-hmm. any major grunge song. So you could do like smells like Teen Spirit, right? Smells like Teen Spirit, yeah, um, or anything from Siamese Dream for the Smashing Pumpkins, like, right? Um, exactly. There's yeah, even some like yeah. one hit wonders in there that could probably qualify, but like oh, mid nineties, sure. oh, someone mid- did lump. Someone oh did my God. <laughs> presidents of the United States of America. Yeah. Um, but do you do like gangster rap for mid nineties? Yeah. Like Tupac or, you know, the chronic, um, Dr. Dre. That, mean, that makes me. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's actually, that's a, that see, that's the hardest category. I think the nineties, cause there were so many genres that came to light, came up to the top during the nineties, oh, yeah. whether it was grunge, gangster, you know, boy bands, country. you know, country, country uh, that like yeah. Britney and Christina Aguilera towards the end. Right. Um, and then and this even, is the like, type of fun stuff you get to talk to when you play. Music. Oh my God, this, I like this. And then like new metal, like corn and fucking those <laughs> yes, crazy we, ass bands. Let's limp biscuit. Let's forget uh, about those though. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so I like, I always like the, yeah. the nineties debate. I think that's a really, Oh yeah. Okay, so great, great musically check out the app. If, uh, I like if it. If you're interested. Right on. What about you? Okay. So I do, I do remember what I was into. I'm into coaching soccer. Um, I'm oh, coaching my okay. six-year-old daughter's uh, soccer team. And what I'm into is like trying to really like, remember some drill, like trying to come up with drills mm-hmm. that's fun for like mm-hmm. six-year-olds that keeps them interested. Sure. Um, so like, and it's been fun to like go online and Google and like re, you know, remember. Sharks drills. and minnows. I, Sharks and the minnows. SpongeBob <laughs> SquarePants is one. Um, oh, I don't, what's that one? Um, essentially, it's basically a game where all the kids line up on one end of the field and the job is to get, um, uh, is it Gary, whoever SpongeBob's best friend, Gary is the ball and you got to okay. get Gary to the safely to the other side. Oh, 
Okay. And uh, the coaches, starting out as the coaches, are Mr. Krabs. And you, Mr. Krabs is trying to catch Gary to take him to work. Um, so it's basically just a game of you're trying to take the ball away from the kids. And they're trying to it's, dribble it It sounds very similar to Sharks and Minnows. Yes, it's um, very similar to Sharks and Minnows. <laughs> and stick, it's, it's very similar to Stick in the Mud. Stick in the Mud is another one. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just but, want um, them touching the ball, kicking it, and yeah. trying to control it. But so it's that's been, fun I, for you. It's been fun. I've actually really enjoyed it's it. AYSO. Um, it's AYSO. Um, it's all, the only downside, and you know, I love, I love my daughter, um, <laughs> but it's her and all of her friends. So it, uh, trying to keep them, you know, paying attention and motivated has been sure. can be challenging. Um, and also, my daughter wants to hug me every time she sees I've me on the a, field. You should just adopt so. the demeanor of Will Ferrell and kicking and screaming, and uh, maybe that'll keep them. <laughs> Keep them. I need to get a tracksuit and start drinking a lot and of coffee. Ditka. And Ditka is and your, Ditka. As your assistant coach. Um, well, that's cool. Enjoy that. I did that one season. Yeah. As the assistant coach. I don't know if I'm going to do it again, but it's it's yeah. fun, right? It's fun this time around. Yeah. That's a fun age. So. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are about to lose, it looks like. Ooh. They're down one with two minutes oh going for it on the fourth down. I'm glad I don't have any Chiefs or Lions on my... Uh... A lot of people my, picked him. A lot yeah. of people picked him for the survivor pool. Oh man, this is funny. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of scrolling on Facebook right now to see if anybody's doing any reporting from night two of Pearl Jam in Chicago. And somebody took a picture of a ukulele spotted on the stage and like, oh, are they going to play soon? Forget. Um, it's just funny. Like all the speculation. Obviously, the show started an hour and a half ago, um, yes. or at least the Pearl Jam portion. Uh, but I don't see anybody. Nobody's really put up any who's what they've been playing. Um, anyway, all right, I'm well, let's, uh, that. wrap, wrap this shit up. Yeah. Well, that was a good one. Uh, follow us on X, uh, Twitter, whatever, um, at bros politics and, uh, get us, find us on wherever you get your podcasts, Apple podcasts, uh, Amazon and, uh, Spotify. And on that, we'll go to a casino. Let's do it. Night, night, buddy. Good night. <laughs>